Hello and welcome to episode four of Louis P Nutrition Radio. I hope you're all well and you're enjoying the episode so far. Uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about all things weighing, monitoring progress, and if at all, whether you need to measure body fat and if there are any good methods to do so. So first of all, let's have a look at weighing. So why do we weigh? Weighing can help us sort of understand where our energy balance is. So it can help us address whether we need to change certain aspects of our lifestyle, whether it be our energy in or energy out. So just to give you an idea, if there's more energy going in than out, we would refer to that as a calorie surplus. And that, this would usually result in the body weight creeping up over time. Last episode, we discussed the day-to-day fluctuations that probably won't be body fat gain but over time if we're consistently eating more than we are expending this will result in compositional change of weight gain over time if we have more energy going out than energy in this is what's referred to as a calorie deficit then over time the body weight will decrease and what we find is that when you've got less energy coming in than energy out that energy deficit that calorie deficit has to be made up from somewhere and what will happen the body will use hopefully body fat stores but other body like your muscle can be broken down as one extreme cases but ideally if we're getting sufficient protein which we'll cover on a later episode um the energy difference that needs to be made up to make sure that that energy out is the energy demands are getting met will be taken from body fat stores and that will result in losing body fat if our weight's consistent over long periods of time, this pretty much means that the energy in, energy in and energy out are pretty much the same. There may be some things that change over that time, sort of like increases or decreases in muscle mass and the same in fat mass, hydration, things like that. But if weight's pretty consistent, then we can say that energy in versus energy out and energy balance as a whole is pretty consistent. So let's have a look at how we're going to weigh. So there's one thing that's going to be said quite a lot during this part of the episode, and that'll be consistency. So what we want is to do things consistently, because that means the data is probably more reliable and the feedback they're getting. So in regards to the weight and de- changes in weight over time will be more consistent. So we would say first thing in the morning after you've been to the loo is important just to ensure that the uh conditions we would say are the same so with that either wear the same clothing each time or nothing at all if you can that just takes away the difference in different clothes weigh different amounts and uh, can that can influence our weighing over time one thing that i often encourage people to do is weigh multiple times per week and take an average as we said on the last episode there's lots of things that can influence our weight in the short term so by taking multiple measures in case we do have any anomaly anomalies um, that means that we mitigate the impact they'll have on our results really so having three four five some people like daily weighing um but it just stops the impact of those potentially off results for women um, due to their menstrual cycle. So if you are menstruating, I would compare the weekly average of week one of your cycle to the next week one of your next cycle. So that, again, 
due to hormonal changes changing changing and impacting our fluid balance um there that will help mitigate that as well because we know that weight can change a couple of kilos throughout the whole menstrual cycle so it just means that conditions are more similar if you find the scales negatively impact you i suggest you go back and listen to episode three on the podcast which is all about what things can impact and um, our weight and what weighing scales and what the actual number is weighing or what the result actually means and what it doesn't measure as well if you are still not in a great place about it then i'm going to discuss some other methods that i'd recommend using you don't need to weigh to know that you're losing or gaining weight or maintaining weight there's other things that we can do so and um, one thing that i always encourage as well is having multiple measures of success so Relying on weight alone, especially if you are looking for a compositional change or um, fat loss, um, can be disheartening as the body doesn't always seem to play ball. From week to week, it can mask certain changes. And this can be quite disheartening, especially if you feel like you've put loads of effort in that week. And this may cause you to completely go against everything you've been doing, bin it off, sack it off. And this is why we want people to have multiple measures of success. So things that I often get people to do is like measure inches. So this could be around potentially your hips, around your waist, around your arms, around your legs, these sorts of things. And this can show progress or a reduction in measurements there where actually our weight, we might just be holding a bit more water. Um, another thing is just wearing clothes and seeing how they fit. They might feel a bit looser, and that's fantastic. Like at the end of the day, we don't need to know a number if we're just feeling better and our clothes are fitting better, or we're feeling that we need to buy uh, different clothes that we'll feel more confident in. Then this is just a good sign as well. So using clothes can be really, really helpful. A lot of these examples I will refer to weight loss as that will be probably a common thing on people's minds at the moment, but also it's probably one of the most common things that I work with people with. So um, other things that we get to do, people to do occasionally is progress photos. So just having, again, the same condition. So same time of day, first thing in the morning, same lighting if you can. So some people recommend using natural lighting and I think using artificial lighting, we can control artificial lighting. So for my, for my preference, I would say wearing the same thing, taking a front side, maybe a back photo, um, and just seeing that over time. So maybe taking those every four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever you want, um, because that can be really motivating as well, especially if you've had a week where you feel like you've done everything, the scales aren't playing ball for some reason or another, then we can go have a look at progress photos. And if you go actually if your goal is weight loss and that you're feeling that you're looking leaner then using progress photos can give you that motivation for next week to carry on hopefully we'll see a bigger drop the next week things like just how you are feeling how you're training how's your mood how's your relationship how's your sex drive all these kinds of things can be things just to keep an eye on as well um because if you're feeling better you're training better your mood is better then maybe the scale's not that important anymore because maybe the goal actually is for you just to be more confident and feel better in yourself and you thought that might be weight loss but actually we've got to a point where that's happening and the scales aren't moving any further um so they're the sort of multiple measures of success and sort of measurements you can use if you don't want to use the scales another thing that people often look to to get measured is 
body fat levels. And this is a fairly non-event in a lot of a lot of cases because different people look different with different body fat levels. There won't be a certain level where people will have visible abs or striations, things like that. People down to their genetics, their lifestyle throughout the whole of their life will have uh, distribute body fat differently. And this might change, especially for women uh, pre and post menopause. So uh, women tend to store body fat on like the back of their arms and around their hips and legs when men it's more around the trunk and the midsection but as women go through the menopause that body fat will potentially redistribute to a more male distribution where it'll be mainly around the trunk and it'll come off the legs back of the arms and things like that um the body fat testing um is is often touted to be quite accurate and it's it's not because it relies on a lot of equations and assumptions so it's more of a prediction rather than a me measurement um all of these are best guesses it's almost a bit like the weatherman if i'm honest where they're taking all this information and going oh, you're probably about there the only way that we can know someone's body fat is when we've got their body and we literally cut them up which is pretty grim but you cut up and weigh their fat that's the only way to definitely know uh, there's a few options available that i'm just going to quickly nip through uh, and they all have their pros and cons and all have their errors and like i said they're all best guesses so one of the most common ones you'll probably see are the electronic scales or bia where you might stand on an electric pad or hold on to some uh, electric handles as well and it'll just shoot low level um electricity through your body so it'll differentiate between fat and water so electricity will travel quicker through water than body fat and put in a calculation and this can be quite inaccurate uh, and the fun thing from last episode we spoke about salt electrolytes will actually increase the uh, speed that the electricity travels through uh, water so that will actually massively influence your body body fat readings from this and their error rating can be pretty much up to like 10 percent. so if you're predicted at 20 percent body fat you could be at 30 you could be at 10 and it's that's a huge range uh so even though it's cheap quick and easy is it really going to be consistent? Again, using consistent measures, there's ones where you can differentiate between ethnicity, which is actually quite important in this in this instance. Um, then it may be worth looking into, but the ones that you commonly get on the scales you have in your bathroom or you have at the gym are probably not worth it. Um, but it's up to you as an individual. So next we have skin folds, where it's basically just pinching um, subcutaneous levels of fat so that would be like the the body fat that you're carrying over the muscle and under the skin and it'll use a caliper to measure the millimeters of fat there this is requires a lot of skill and can have a large amount of user error that if the skin's slippery or if once you do it a few times the fat becomes more malleable the skin warms up all these sorts of things can cause errors but uh with using the same individual 
as a measurer and the same individual being measured using that consistently and someone who's highly skilled can actually be very accurate however what i would do is use the millimeter measurement so for each site so there's different um measuring techniques so there's between three and seven sites across the body and using the actual score so it could be 10 millimeters it could be 20 mils and adding those up and having an overall score is quite accurate however some people will go a step further and put it into a body fat equation i think it's jackson pollock um is one of the most common ones and again using equations makes a lot of assumptions there's an error in there as well and again it can be dramatically different depending on what equation you use with the same data so i'd refrain from looking for body fat levels off that if you want to use skinfold measurements i'd fully back that then we have things that are probably are less accessible but if you're maybe involved in a study at university or something like that um, where you have your underwater hydrostatic weighing, you have your bod pod, bod pod where you sit in like a chamber with speedos on and a, a swim cap, and and the last one would be a DEXA where it's almost like an it's an X-ray. Those three are fairly accurate and um, would require someone who has a lot of skill in those areas, who is very familiar with the equipment and will make sure that everything is done properly so if if you are looking to get measurements again these make assumptions these are predictions they're not actual measurements then the more expensive ones if you do get an opportunity for under underwater or hydrostatic weighing body pod or a dexa then that might be something to looking into but do you need it probably not i would always just stick to multiple measures of success and using the weighing scales so hopefully you have found this episode quite useful. Um, I will be giving, or the next episode will be around sort of like calories and how to calculate how much you need and how to set up your calories for fat loss, muscle gain, those sorts of things. But for now, I will leave it there. I hope you've enjoyed the episode of knowing about weighing, monitoring progress, all the different ways that we can measure success and just a bit more information about the body fat predictions that you can get as well and how they may be useful but they're probably not going to be for most people so not to really invest too much time or faith in them hope you are enjoying the podcast so far and i look forward to speaking to you next time